Hello, and welcome to the Alacrial Tarot Podcast, your source for learning all 78 cards in the deck, deepening your understanding and developing your intuition, as well as general advice on your tarot journey. I'm Alacrial, a tarot reader from California, and your host for this podcast. In this episode, I introduce myself and run through a list of questions designed to help my audience get to know me, both as a professional tarot reader and as a person. Topics include such things as how I learned tarot, how I believe tarot works, and what, if any, ethical considerations there are surrounding the practice of tarot reading. I also touch briefly on the topic of oracle cards and the deck I prefer to use. I hope you find the episode both entertaining and informative, and that you enjoy the show. Wow. Okay. Here it is. The pilot episode of the Alacrial Tarot Podcast. I just want to take a moment to say thank you again for choosing this podcast to listen to as an educational and spiritual development resource. Uh, It means a great deal to me that other people can dialogue with me, can interact with me through the internet, and that find what I have to say useful and uh, maybe helpful to them on their tarot journey. I want to go ahead and introduce myself and give you a little bit of details about who I am and what I'm all about. The first, I guess, would be how I came up with my name. Uh, Alacriel is not my given name. And, you know, it's really funny because I can't tell you that I took it from one place or another. It sort of hit me, it just sort of struck me like a, a cosmic particle of inspiration while I was driving to school one day when I was uh, at university. Uh, And the name just stuck. I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it at the time. It wasn't like, ah, this is the pseudonym that I am going to take for myself going forward when I start my own business, and uh, I'm going to be known by that uh, going forward. It was nothing like that. It was just like, oh, this is an interesting name. I guess if I had to put an influence uh, around it, it might be the Abhorsen series by, I believe it's Garth Nix that wrote it, actually. Um, but yes, uh, the the names of the seven bells used by the necromancers in the, in the Abhorsen series sound a little bit uh, like my name. Uh, and so I quite like the, the melodic sound of the A-E-L ending. And so yes, Alacriel. That is what I decided on for my name. I'm sorry if it's a bit disappointing in terms of uh, the origin story of that name, but I get asked the question quite a bit, so I figured I would just clear that up from the outset. Another question I'm often asked is, how long have I been uh, involved with tarot? Um, It's a complicated answer because I first picked up a deck of tarot cards when I was, oh, it must have been about 16 But at that time, I was still uh, very much a part of another uh, religious faith, another spiritual path, Um, equally valid. I am not trying to bash it in any way, shape, or form, um, because it was foundational to me and who I am, and uh, helped me get to where I am today, although I wouldn't say I am part of that faith now, and that was um, a a pretty strongly uh, Protestant Christian faith. 
um, and in Protestantism and Christianity in general, the tarot cards are going to be viewed with suspicion at best, and they're going to be viewed as, you know, tools of the devil at worst. <laughs> so, um, unfortunately, I wound up burning the very first tarot deck I ever bought. Um, and so that put my tarot journey on hold for many years. Um, but I came back to it two or three years ago with renewed vigor and with renewed um, intent to to use that as a tool for development, not only in my life, but also in helping uh, those around me. Uh, my friends immediately identified that uh, I could give uh, really encouraging, really helpful, really thought-provoking, really insightful readings, and they encouraged me, and here we are, now uh, making a, a podcast about it. <laughs> More than a little nervous, if I'm honest about it, but uh, that's how things go. The next series of questions that I'm going to answer are not original, I didn't come up with them. Rather, on online, there is... In the YouTube community, there was a tag going around with 10 questions every tarot reader should answer. And I believe, for the best of my research here, that the list of questions, I think it's about 10 questions total, and it originated at a blog uh, hosted by Blogspot, which unfortunately is no longer available, um, called Left Hand Tarot. Um, so anyway, credit where credit is due, in as much as we're able to give it, given that the blog is no longer live. But yeah, we'll just go ahead and go through those because I think that they're a good uh, place to start and a really good way to research or get introduced to a potential tarot reader that you are considering learning from or purchasing a reading from. So, first question is, were you mentored or self-taught? This is a very easy question for me to answer. As I mentioned previously about my history, I'm definitely what you would call self-taught. Although self-taught is a bit of a strange term, isn't it? Because nobody can actually teach themselves anything. The knowledge exists outside them, and they have to get it some way. Now, maybe they didn't have a teacher instructing them, but they are being taught by uh, you know, authors and speakers and content creators that have come before them and that are releasing content for them to consume in some way, shape, or form. So obviously, I have read numerous books about it. Um, my tarot book collection is rather extensive. Um, but I've also been very fortunate to uh, find lots of very, very helpful videos uh, on YouTube. Uh, you can find a lot of good things there, lots of really great podcasts. So it's not as though I came up with, uh, you know, my meanings in a vacuum. And it's not as though my experience with the tarot has not been influenced by teachers of sorts. It's just I never had a formal teaching relationship, like teacher-student, apprentice-master kind of thing. That did not happen. So on to question number two. Question number two is, are you a psychic or a tarot reader? Now, this is an interesting question as well. Um, psychic is a very loaded term, I feel. Um, I would not be comfortable saying that I have no psychic ability whatsoever, because I think that, you know, lots of people do. Um, some people, it just seems like it's totally switched on, and it's constant, and, you know, 
that's just the mode in which they exist. I am not like that at all. I do not hear or see or communicate with the dead on a regular basis, although for some reason I really believe that I could if presented with a sufficiently good reason. Now, I will say that it is a little bit unnerving, not only to other people, but also to me, this concept of communicating with the dead. Um, So I have not found reason to go ahead and pursue that. Um, Not saying that I won't in future, but it's definitely not something that I routinely do in the context of readings. It's not a professional service that I offer. Not to say that psychic, uh, the word, only talks about communication with the dead. Psychic encompasses a whole host of other uh, things as well. And I will say that I have managed to, sometimes in the context of readings, sometimes outside the context of client readings, connect with spirit guides, passed on relatives, and just get a general sense of knowing that seems to come from, you know, nowhere uh, about the client that I'm reading for. And so these elements I would consider psychic. Now, do they happen with every reading that I do? Absolutely not. Do I have much control over them? I don't really think so. Um, You know, I think that that's just sort of spontaneous magical ability that manifests when uh, when it needs to. So, While I wouldn't claim to be a psychic, um, I don't downplay those moments of psychic inspiration when they do happen. I would categorize myself as a tarot reader. Obviously, for the purposes of my business, I have to put up many disclaimers. Things like, you know, you should really only use this for entertainment purposes. I am not a qualified counselor. I cannot be held responsible for decisions that you make based on what the cards say. I can only convey to you my interpretations um, in a cartomantic setting. Uh, And what you do with that is entirely your responsibility. Uh, And you are responsible for or at fault for whatever consequences arise as a result of the decisions you make in your life in general, with or without my tarot reading. So yeah, moving on to question three. Are your predictions accurate? Is accuracy important to you? An interesting question again. Um, I do not always make predictions, although in general, I would say that my reading style does have an interest in the future, meaning I am interested in what is going to happen to a querent if they continue on the path that they are on. Now, any number of things can affect the future, from decisions that the querent makes to decisions that people in their lives make, uh, which we might not be able to see coming, acts of God, if you will, or just random freak accidents, if you want a slightly less religious uh, interpretation of things. Any number of things can affect the future outcome. What I believe I see in the cards is what is most likely to occur given what we know right now. So the prediction can be made, and it usually is pretty accurate, and usually a querent when coming and asking for a prediction has an idea about what they might be told if they are indeed seeking insight about the future. In their heart of hearts, they know what is likely to occur. Oftentimes, they're looking for confirmation in the cards. Sometimes we are really confused and we go to the tarot and it unlocks insight that we would not otherwise have had access to because we were just totally, our minds were just totally frazzled trying to untangle a problem. And that happens a lot too. But oftentimes, we are seeking confirmation. So, 
the answer is already within the querent in many in many cases, and it's just a matter of getting them to realize it oftentimes. But it is very likely that if you leave a reading with me, I will give you an idea of what I believe is going to happen to you going forward if you continue on the path that you're on. So for instance, if somebody is in a relationship and they're having a lot of problems and we're getting lots of um, problem cards in the relationship and then maybe in an outcome position we get the uh, Three of Swords, for example, that would be a really clear indication to me that the relationship is likely going to end in heartbreak Maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in a year's time, but ultimately I would interpret that spread as meaning this relationship is not what is in your best interest, it is not what is ultimately going to fulfill you, and if you stay on this path, it will end in heartbreak. That would be a really difficult reading to give, and I wouldn't necessarily just say that, because I definitely do not like to leave my clients with a sense of hopelessness. In my view... A good tarot reader should be able to empower their clients uh, with options. So I'm not going to leave you with that, even though that may be boiled down the core of the reading or uh, the core of the prediction within the reading. So that's just one example. All right, question number four. Is there anything you can't predict in a reading? This is a good question. Can't. Cannot. In other words, is there something which it is impossible to predict in a reading? I want to say yes, <laughs> although I'm not sure what those things might be off the top of my head. You can predict anything. Can you accurately predict anything? Eh, you know, that's another sack of ferrets altogether. Uh, one thing I would say would be incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to predict with any degree of accuracy would be like lottery numbers, for example. Of course, you could make a prediction about uh, what the winning lottery numbers might be, but it's incredibly unlikely that that's going to be accurate. And the other thing is, if you go with the reasons that I believe tarot works, and I kind of was talking about that in the previous question, that is, you're looking at a, you are looking at a snapshot. Tarot provide, tarot is providing you with a snapshot of what is going on in the here and now, and you are using that to extrapolate what is probably going to happen. You know, there's no causal chain that gives you anything to work with when it comes to uh, winning lottery numbers. They're just random, uh, and so it's very difficult to get a snapshot of that, because in a life, there are sequences of events and things that you can analyze. There's emotions, there's decision-making processes, uh, that kind of thing, uh, and the tarot cards can reflect that. But it would be very difficult to just get something like winning lottery numbers out of thin air. So that would be something that I would say it is impossible to predict. Other things that would be difficult, if not impossible, to predict, a lot of tarot readers shy away from outcomes involving uh, health. I don't, I haven't always historically refused to comment on uh, questions about health conditions, but obviously the massive caveat there is make sure that you're going and seeing your doctor. Like, obviously a tarot reading is not medical advice. So while those are difficult... Um, I don't think that those are impossible necessarily. I guess my attitude about it is you can predict basically anything, but the accuracy may suffer the further removed you are from the situation and the more difficult it is for cards to give you insight about a situation. For example, if you're wanting to know with complete accuracy what is going to happen to you in 
50 years? You know, that's a long way in the future, and there is a lot that is going to happen between now and then in terms of your decision-making and in terms of your development as a person and in terms of the development and decision-making of the people that are in your life. So it would be almost impossible to say with any degree of accuracy what is going to happen to you in 50 years, unless you're referring to a major sort of life event or life development that was sort of your destiny, I guess, Um, something that was part of your life purpose and that you always knew you were going to pursue. I suppose you could predict something like that. But the further away you get, the harder it is to to predict with accuracy, I would say. Um, or, like, the date that you're going to die. Again, because any of us could die in a freak accident. You know, I could slip and fall on my bathtub and be dead tonight, uh, for all I know. Or, you know, you could you could have a horrible car accident tomorrow. The reality is that human life is very fragile and any number of things could end it prematurely through no fault of our own. So uh, while I believe it is possible to see those things, those are types of events that don't necessarily have as much um, connection to decision-making and causality that I think uh, tarot is really helpful uh, to shed a light on. Uh, normally, when used the way I tend to use the tarot cards. So, while not impossible, I think you can predict anything, but it's very difficult to do it accurately the further away it gets or the more chaotic the event is, if that makes sense. All right, enough time on that. Uh, Number five, do you use only tarot or are you multidisciplinary? Um, so tarot is by far my first, uh, choice for divinatory purposes. I also have a set of runes, which I made and I'm very proud of. They're beautiful, actually. I also have, uh, now one oracle deck. I have had it for all of one week. So runes and oracles are not things that I offer as part of my professional readings yet, Uh, although that may change in the future. I actually really like the Oracle deck that I have. I'll go ahead and mention it to you because it will be mentioned many times in the podcast uh, or in the um, exclusive Patreon content that I will be releasing. Um, It is the 40 Servants deck created by Tommy Kelly, and it is really unique. I've got to say it definitely has that quality that feels alive in some way to you. So I would encourage you, if you're interested in Oracle cards, to take a look at his artwork. He is very open with his website, um, adventuresinwoowoo.com, which I will provide a link for in the show notes. Um, And yeah, you can definitely take a look at all of that and take a look at what it's all about before choosing to buy it, if you do choose to support his work in that way. Um, But that would be the Oracle deck that I have. I also have a uh, deck of Lenormand cards. Lenormand is something that I have always found difficult. It's just not been something that I connect with easily. Uh, I'm not really sure why, but I have not found it to be that helpful. I know many people that find it incredibly helpful. In fact, one of my very good friends prefers to use Lenormand over Tarot, and that works for her. That gives her more concrete answers. To me, I prefer tarot. Uh, Tarot is my first love. It will always be my first love. And that is what I will consistently offer in my professional readings. However, I do have, I dabble in a couple of other divinatory practices. Okay, number six. Is the message in the cards or in your head? Probably a false dichotomy (laughs) because it's probably in both places. I think that um, 
I do think that it is in both places ultimately. For me, if I were if I had to if I had to nail down one place, I would say the message is in the cards because ultimately what you're paying for is my interpretation of what is in the cards. So the message is there and I am interpreting it for you. Now, that being said, you could go to two different tarot readers have the same spread and you would get two very different readings and the reason for this is each tarot reader is bringing his or her personal experience and insight into what he or she sees in the cards there so a different tarot reader will have different ideas different thoughts different opinions different interpretations about what the cards are saying so really it is the combination of the tarot reader's insight and what is shown in the cards that produces the reading so hopefully uh, you're going to choose a tarot reader that resonates with you whose style uh, seems to be a match um, somebody that you're willing to listen to somebody that you think uh, yeah I'd like to I'd like to hear what they have to say about this about whatever the cards have to say to me um, yeah okay number seven are you a priest or a fortune teller that is kind of an odd way of asking the question I interpret that as meaning, do hmm, that's really weird <laughs> both of these are very very loaded terms uh, a priest or a priestess has a lot of organized religious connotations around it and a lot of that leaves a bad taste in people's mouth uh, including mine <laughs> uh, so so that's a difficult term and fortune teller i know many tarot readers that will probably sock you in the face actually they probably wouldn't because tarot readers tend to be an enlightened bunch and they're not actually going to resort to physical violence but for the purposes of metaphor many tarot readers might want to sock you in the face if you call them a fortune teller because fortune teller is looked at kind of as a derogatory term it is oh it's just for fun this isn't serious this is you know la di da di da and that's well and good. Some people do read that way. I am not one of them. I tend to take my readings seriously. Not too seriously, but you cannot just be, or at least in my opinion, I am not just going to lay out cards and be like, well, this is all just for fun. It doesn't really mean anything. And here, fork over your money. Like, because why would you do that? <laughs> if you're going to a reader for insight, why are you going to want to hand over money for something that's just for fun, that's like an hour-long experience? I mean, if you want to, go for it. More power to you. But I would think that you're going because you have a question, you want a new way of looking at it, you're interested in other perspectives, and you're going for a different reason other than purely for entertainment. So... Maybe that is the more priestly side of things. You're going for religious insight, but then, like I said, priest is a very, uh, it's it's a term that is heavy with religious and organized religion uh, connotations, and so that's not quite right either, because I don't have anybody telling me or giving me the authority to read tarot. I've just more or less taken that for myself. So I would say that I probably fall somewhere in the middle. Um, if I was going to give myself a weird term, I would probably prefer something a little bit more modern, something that we um, are more used to seeing in our modern age, something like spiritual counselor, maybe. That would be best, because I'm giving advice, I'm giving advice that I'm hoping is going to be followed or at least considered, but also not taking myself so seriously as to be like, yes, I am a priest, and therefore only I have the power to give you absolution before God. You know, that's just, I mean, that's not it. Neither am I a fortune teller throwing cards and being like, okay, give me your money, enjoy the rest of the carnival, <laughs> you know, so... 
All right. Question number eight. Are you a fixer or a looker? I ultimately am not responsible for fixing your problems. <laughs> I would I will give you suggestions on how to do that, but that falls to the querent entirely. Or the responsibility for what you do with the insights that come up during your reading is entirely your own. Uh, so I would say that I am a looker. I will look at the cards. I will give you the interpretation. I will go so far as to give you what I would do or what I think should be done. Again, with the boilerplate disclaimer that, like, you can't sue me for any of this because you are responsible for what you do with your life, and I am not a qualified therapist or counselor in any way, so, you know, do what I say at your own risk. (laughs) Um, But in general, I will give you my honest opinion, and I will uh, hope for the best. I will even provide encouragement, you know. I am definitely not the kind of person that's like, okay, here's what it is, good luck, I never want to see you again. Absolutely not. I have many clients that have um, had multiple readings with me, and it's been really interesting to see how they develop and how the situations in their life develops and how that interaction between the querent, the tarot cards, and the tarot reader help to sort of co-create uh, the kind of life that the querent is after um, and help to navigate through some of those difficult or sticky situations that life throws at you from time to time. So yeah, I, I, will, I will offer advice, encouragement, support, but ultimately I would say I am a looker because I cannot fix anyone else's life. Okay, two more questions. Number nine, do you read for free or for fee? I read for fee. Obviously, I reserve the right to provide free readings uh, if I feel so led, and I I will do those from time to time, you know, particularly for my friends or whatever. There are some people for whom it it would feel inappropriate for me to charge for a reading, but uh, my clients, the vast majority of my clients, are paying customers. Uh, This is a part of my income, and so I don't feel bad at all for charging. I feel that my prices are very affordable. Even, even the most expensive uh, reading that I do is still, at the moment, at the time of this recording, under $50. Um, so I feel that that is a very reasonable thing to ask for, for expertise that I am offering and for uh, an hour uh, or more of my time. Because I don't charge by the hour, I charge by the, the reading. And the most expensive reading I do is customized entirely uh, for the querent. I put no limits on uh, what they can ask, how many questions they can ask, what areas of their life they want to explore, and I don't put any limits on me. I don't put any limits on the time that I have to answer their questions or the number of cards that I need to draw um, to look into their situation. No limits. So um, yeah, I read for fee, and it is an arrangement that helps to support uh, my life. It helps me to live here in California, where the cost of living is incredibly high, and it also enables me to continue to uh, put put out content, uh, whether that is in the form of podcasts or YouTube videos or uh, tarot readings uh, for individual clients or tarot scopes for a broader range of people. Uh, it enables me to continue to do the things that I love, and I am very, very thankful for each and every one of my paying clients. The interactions that I have with them are good as gold. They're they're wonderful. They're more or less the reason that I do uh, what it is that I do, and I am very thankful that they enable me to continue this work and this practice through their financial contributions. Number 10. Is there anything you won't predict in a reading? Mm. 
Not the strongest question to end on, I suppose. I kind of touched on this in, is there anything you can't predict in a reading? There are some things that I might choose to stay away from, health conditions, lotto numbers, uh, that kind of thing. But I guess the other thing that is really important to mention in terms of things that I would be uncomfortable predicting in a reading would be stuff that involves the free will of other people or people that are not there. I was in one situation where I had a couple uh, that had tarot readings done separately, and one of them, out of love, wanted the other to change this and this and this behavior about himself, and this person asked me to influence their partner. That was something that I was very uncomfortable with. That is an ethical, like, quagmire, (laughs) if you ask me. I feel that I have an obligation to truthfully convey what I see in the cards. So... Obviously, I did not (laughs) acquiesce to that request, but that was kind of like asking for specific predictions, you know, so that would be, that would be something that I would be very uncomfortable with, and that would be a practice that I would be completely unwilling to engage in, in the context of a reading. But other than that, I can't think of too many, too many things. Obviously, don't want to, don't want to infringe on the free will of other people. I never want to make predictions in such a way, or to manipulate predictions in such a way, as to make the querent feel hopeless, or uh, depressed, or optionless. That would be that would be something that I am unwilling to do, something that I cannot do ethically as a tarot reader. Anybody that's doing that is only giving you half the picture and is probably doing it in order to manipulate you psychologically in some way. There's a ton of people out there. In fact, my very first experience with another professional tarot reader uh, was that, oh, you know, I see that you have blockages in like four of your chakras and for like $200 each, I can fix each chakra for you. And I was like, (laughs) thanks. I'm going to take that under advisement. Bye. Um, So, yeah. If anybody is trying to make you feel that type of way, depressed, lonely, isolated at the end of a tarot reading, I would question very much uh, their ethics, and I would I would think that they are probably trying to manipulate you in some way. Um, so that's something that I'm unwilling to do. But yeah, those would be the major ethical sticking points for me uh, in terms of what I can't predict or in ways that I will not read or come across as a professional tarot reader. Yeah. That brings us to the end of our list of questions. I had a wonderful time going through it. I think that that ought to give you a a little bit of a taste of what I'm like as a professional tarot reader, maybe a little bit of what I'm like as a person as well. And yeah, I hope that it was, I hope that it was intriguing for you. And there you have it. Do you think along the same lines in terms of how to go about your tarot practice? Do you read for clients, or mostly for yourself? Have you tried oracle cards, or do you stick mainly to tarot? In closing, as a special thank you, I would like to mention the incredibly talented Dylan Craig for providing the music for our show. If you would like to collaborate on a musical project, or book a recording session with him, please see his contact information in the show notes. As always, please feel free to contact me via email at alacrealtarot at gmail.com, that's a-L-A-C-R-A-E-L-T-A-R-O-T at gmail.com with questions, comments, and general thoughts. You can also find all of my contact information in the show notes. 
I happily read for clients both near and far, and if you're interested in booking a reading, please feel free to reach out. Thanks again for listening, and blessed be.